0: Appeal number three of the morning, 22 1862, RAI Strategic Holdings versus
1: Phillips Notice Products. Mr. welcome back. Thank you, Judge Chen, and may it please the court. Um, We conclude our day together with our appeal from the board's post grant review decision on our 542 patent. There are two issues here one is written description, one is obvious. I'm going to take the written description issue first. The board erred legally by holding that claims 10 and 27 lacked written description support. These claims set forth a limitation about the length of the heating member vis-a-vis the length of the disposable aerosol-forming substance. This is, again, a structural limitation. This is not a chemical claim. This is not a pharmaceutical claim. It is a simple structural measurement limitation here. Can I ask you why when you
0: when you read the specification you hear you read a lot of ranges sub ranges of ranges uh, and 75 to 125 85 to 115 95 105 75 to 100 and then and so there it feels like there's a theme growing within all of these chosen described ranges that for all touch and cover 100%, which makes intuitive sense. You'd want your coil to uh, reach 100% of the medium that you're trying to heat up. Uh, But then when you reach the claim, you see the claim, it's almost like a plot twist. It takes a hard left turn. (laughs) Now we're no longer anywhere near 100. We're talking about 75 to 85. And so first question is, why did you draft the claim
1: that just goes for this sliver on the low end of 75 to 85. So subjectively, I cannot answer that question, Judge Chen, because I don't draft claims. I you didn't ask anybody, claims.
0: why Why 75-85? Why, why are you letting
1: the competitors... Uh, get away with having a heating coil that's uh, 100%, the full uh, length of the medium. The, these are, of course, only with regard to these particular dependent, uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, dependent claims that this limitation. So what we're doing, we're talking about claims here that are narrower than the independent claims from which they depend. It's only claims 10 and 27. So I think, again, I'm I'm speculating here because I don't know objectively Uh, or subjectively rather what was in the minds of the patent drafter but objectively it looks to me like they said you know maybe we just want to make maybe we just want to claim this particular range, this narrower range
2: are you aware of any reason why any of those particular ranges are different in kind or more desirable less desirable than one another
1: and is there any evidence on that uh, not on the face of the patent uh, and I'm uh, Right now, at a loss, I'll be corrected by my colleagues if I'm wrong, but I'm at a loss for why any particular uh, range is better, except for perhaps the reason that Judge Chen put forth, which is you want to heat this particular portion of the uh, of the of the cigarette device. Um, but with regard to with regard to whether this is a written description problem,
3: this may be a bit of a theme, but I understand there was an original claim, claim 39, that claimed 75 to about 125 percent of the length, and that claim was canceled. Do you, you don't have any information? Off the top
1: of my head, I don't remember why that claim might have been canceled. Um, I just, I just don't. I'm sorry. If, if, if it becomes increasingly relevant, we'll look into that and get an answer back to the court. But. There is
2: nothing in the prosecution history that explains it. I
1: don't I don't think so, Judge Stoll, but I th- but I think this is really under this court's uh, written description precedence a relatively straightforward uh, legal error on the part of We don't have a lot of case law actually on when is it appropriate to
0: claim a subrange of a described range. The you,
1: you do have a line of cases, and actually it, it dates back to Judge Rich's Wertheim uh, case from the CCPA. And I think Wertheim really states the rule of law that was not followed here. right? So what Wertheim says is um, that where there is a range of uh, um, I'm trying to re- trying to find the exact language of it but it basically says that where there, where the claimed range is narrow then it's a, it's particularly incumbent on the patent challenger to explain why there's a meaningful reason you know it's not our burden as the patent owner it's a it's a burden on the patent challenger to show that this is really something that's different and here because we're talking minute, about just just to make clear this
2: was uh, a uh, there was no challenger or anything this was an ex party. Application. Well, in, in that case, that's right. It was PTO. the board. It
1: would have been the board in that circumstance. Okay. But I think Wertheim has been applied in uh, inter partes as well as district court litigation since then. But I think this is the point that I, I want to get at is that even with regard to that first disclosed range, the about 75 to about 125% of the length of the inhalable substance medium 350, that's at Appendix 91, column 39, lines 43 to 45. What does that tell the world? What these inventors possessed? It said, "We possess having the heating element be 75 percent, 76 percent, 77 percent, 78 percent." That doesn't
2: apply in all cases, right? You need to be very careful about that because there are cases in our uh, case law that have said, you know, later, or if there's some other evidence that shows that, hey, 75 is fantastic. They discover. for example, there's a case. I think it's um, I think it's Baird actually, um, but where you know there was some evidence that at a certain temperature below a certain temperature it wasn't disclosed in the spec, right. but there was a spec from which they were copying the claims, and it said if the temperature was below a certain range, you know, in other words, gave reasons for why you'd want to have the sub range, because outside of the sub range the invention didn't operate as
1: well. And if you're talking about a chemical composition, a pharmaceutical composition patent, uh, or as as Judge Rich, I think, mentioned in the Wertheim case, a a genus patent where each of the the species that are claimed within the genus are themselves considered to be individual inventions, then this may be a different outcome. But this this one is factually simple. It It is a Physical measurement: How long should the heating element be? And it, it, it this range says anything. It's not just; it has to be. So,
3: your understanding is adjusting the length of the heating member does not change the invention. Is that what you're saying?
1: I, I think that's right because the invention is disclosed much more broadly in the spec, um, but it says that it can be anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five percent in that first in that first disclosure
0: what if the range hypothetically said hey to do bulk heating you can do anything between 51% and 500% I know this okay. does uh, violence to your mind because it's no no
1: I, I could work with hypotheticals and then
0: all of a sudden the claim for some reason says 115 to 117 and you know those two numbers don't pop up anywhere in the specification wouldn't right. it Feel uncomfortable to say yes, the inventor had that specific invention in mind when he uh, disclosed what he disclosed in the spec?
1: I think it would only feel uncomfortable if I knew from your hypothetical that there was a specific reason for 115 to 117 that my opponent was bringing out to say, oh, well, no, this is something that's special. That's and that's really the Wertheim point, which is that you know you can take the hypothetical and, and stretch it that way. Of course, it's not our case, and I don't need to say that because that's the nature of a hypothetical. But there's nothing particularly special about 75 to 85 percent, other than it narrowed the scope of what the patent patentees were claiming. What about New
2: York, though? Sorry. No,
1: you go ahead. What
2: what about endivior? I mean, Judge Chen's hypothetical to to me sounded a bit like endivior, where there was a different result. And endivior, there were some ranges disclosed in the spec, but I think that some of the opinion's outcome is a result of some language in the specification about any desired level of polymer could be used. So, therefore, somehow when the range disclosed is really broad, but what's claimed is really narrow, it might cause someone to think. That a person of ordinary skill in art didn't have that smaller range in mind,
1: right? I think I think of course in Divior is exactly what I'm talking about with regard to a pharmaceutical invention. That's one of those I think dissolvable film that that gives out a uh, gives out a pharmaceutical when you put it on your tongue, for example. Th- those are areas where the per- particular percentage of polymer really is crucial to making sure that there is drug delivery coming out of that little piece of film.
2: But let's assume that for a minute that I don't agree with you on that. Then then what would you – do you have another reason would you, for distinguishing Indivior?
1: Well, sure. In in Indivior, there, there was not, uh, except for the potential of 100 weight percent, uh, any upper bound in the claims at all, or in, in any upper bound in the specification at all, rather. Um, here, there were upper bounds, but again, here – I guess i would answered, Judge Chen, your question by saying on these facts, there wouldn't be any difference from saying about 75 to about 125 percent of the length, uh, and if, if the patentees had actually said about 75 comma about 76 percent and so on, I think that would be, you'd be able to say about all of these lengths are possessed by the inventor, and that's you know, that was the only ground on which claims 10 and 27 were poured out in this case.
0: So what I'm trying to figure out is if it's your view that, although we've said over and over again that inscription is a very fact-intensive, context-specific situation and there's no crack-line rules anywhere, to adopt your view, um, if you can describe the waterfront, claim a super broad range, you get to claim any version of a subrange as long as the other side cannot prove that there's some kind of performance difference between the subrange uh, across the entire uh, waterfront range, and, and that sounds like itself like a line I, I goal.
1: I think that latter part of what you said just Shen reads a little too much into what I was saying, because all I'm saying is what wartime says is that the challenging party, whether it be, in this case, PM or, in wartime time itself, the board, uh, the, the office, quote, has presented sufficient reason to doubt that the broader described range also describes the somewhat narrower claimed range. The board didn't find that kind of reason to doubt at all in this case. PM didn't present it. The board didn't find it. It was wrong here as a matter of law. Do you want a vacate and remand or do you want a hard reverse? I I think a hard reverse on this is appropriate. There will have to be probably a vacate and remand because these claims also are subject to an obviousness challenge that was not reached by the board. But if I could go to the uh, if I could go to the obviousness issue very quickly, and I'm, I see I'm already into we'll my give you a little extra time. time, we spent a lot of time looking this scripture, um, but not a lot more time. I, I, I will take only what I am given. Um, it, this is the case that I. Uh, th- this is the issue that I previewed at the beginning of our three arguments today, where it's the Robinson patent and the paragraph that talks about uh, design choice and design flexibility, or actually. Design Choice is the Language of Robinson. And it's the language at at Appendix 2806 in the Robinson Patent here that is exactly the same language that was the subject of uh, one of PM's arguments, which this court rejected, uh, which the ITC rejected and this court affirmed, I should say it that way, uh, in the prior appeal. That single paragraph, Was argued by PM in the ITC case and effectively re-argued here, but this time found by the board to be an invitation to go look for something else in the prior art entirely. Go, go get Grime. Go get Grime's heater and substitute that in. That's not what this passage reasonably says. It's not the sort of, it's not the sort of uh, language that a reasonable mind would would rely upon to conclude that this was an invitation to use the board's term are you in,
2: in, are you talking about the language in our prior decision that's relied on the patent specification statement that selection of the power source and resistance heating elements can be a matter of design choice
1: yes that, but in that fact, does,
2: that that case doesn't address the issue here that case only says that that sentence that I just read uh, doesn't talk about the amount of resistance
1: which, and if you will look, Judge Stoll, that's the sentence. I mean, the, that it
2: doesn't talk about the placement of the resistance elements. That's that's well, all it said.
1: Well, I, I think it, I think that the court actually said a little more than that uh, with regard to that. It, it said the commission in this case concluded that the and this is quoting the commission here as quoted in this court's opinion. The design choices described in the one two three patent actually refer to the amount of resistance in the resistance heating elements and the voltage and current provided by the power sources, not the location or placement of the heating elements. So there is actually a commission finding that was noted by this court, and the court affirmed that decision, that says that this refers to the three elements of Ohm's law. It's not a broad invitation to substitute different heater designs. That was the case with regard to the, mor- the, the, the argument that this court rejected in the ITC case that the Morgan heater should be added on, because of this supposed invitation. But it's the same argument that's being made here. This argument that's being made here is that this exact same paragraph says, go find another heater. Never mind what we've said about heaters. Go find another heater in the art, whatever you like. That's not what this paragraph says. And this court's already confronted that.
4: Well,
0: even if all that is true, then at best for you, this reference, Robinson, is agnostic about invitations to modify itself. And that's just like any other common reference in a 103 analysis. And here we have Grime, which Grime itself talks about the advantages of its heater. But the board and the board relied on those advantages, it identified those advantages. But
1: the board but the board did not find Robinson agnostic. And I don't think that this court can substitute its own judgment for the board in an administrative re- review and say well grime alone is good enough um the, the board uh, frankly fumbled the uh the interpretation of the robinson paragraph here um it's not an invitation to go out and find a heater somewhere else that you might like um and that's all the board relied on here that's why we do not shrink from the substantial evidence on this thank argument. you we'll give you thank some you. time on the thank bill. you oh we have a new player.
4: Thank you, Your Honors, for uh, letting us stay in the same places, and I took the uh, long way around. Um, may it please the Court. Uh, I would like to start with written description, because that seems to be the tougher issue here. Um, I think the I think you hit on it, Judge Chen, that when the uh, just written description gives a broad range, like 75 to 115, that is not free license, to then go claim any subset of that. If could they? Could Reynolds claim? Can I for, ask you
3: one preliminary question? Yeah, yes, Judge Cunningham. There was a yes. discussion between Judge Conyngham and opposing counsel about the possible disposition, whether it's a reverse or vacating remand. Um, if you lose, what do you think about disposition? Can you speak to that? In that
4: uh, yeah, definitely. And as, uh, as my friend noted, vacature uh, and remand would be appropriate. Number one, because there was the obviousness uh, issues that weren't raised here, and there's tension with that especially on the written description issue. Conversely, with the, uh, with the obviousness, there was written description for claim one and, and, and so forth. So we had two grounds that went all the way across all claims, and the board's decision kind of went one ground here and then one ground here. So we do need to go back. And that tension is really a great point that I wanted to make. What it sounds like my friend is asking for is for us to kind of flip the way we look at written description versus anticipation obviousness when it comes with the range. And in this court explained in VASCAF Um, What if
0: the range disclosed had been something like 90 to 100 and then the claim says 95% Would there be written description support for a claim of 95% of the length of the substance needing to be heated up?
4: I don't think there would be, Your Honor. Those aren't the facts here, of course. But if 90, if the if the disclosed range, and I think you said 90 to 100, or yep, 90 to 100, and they just claim 95, they're leaving. There's no there's no indication that uh, the inventor had possession of 95 percent as the invention. It'd be a lot closer case than this one, and and we're not there. Um, and that's a point we I want. Yes,
2: measurement. I'm just having a hard time following this. When it's just a measurement, the length of something, why wouldn't something that falls within the middle of 90 to 100 be sufficient? Why wouldn't that be... Why wouldn't a person of ordinary skill in the you know, going back to the basic area test, why wouldn't they understand that to have been um, possessed by the inventor? They're, they're obviously, it's the individual product that's made is not going to vary from 90 to 100, so why wouldn't 95 between 90 and 100 be disclosed?
4: I, I think because it goes. I think the reason is, Your Honors, um, would be that it would be disclosed from the portion, uh, as when, when I said earlier, flip it. If we were talking about anticipation or obviousness, of course 95% discloses the range 90 to 100. But now we're flipping that. There's no criticality analysis here that we needed to do. The, the, well, the only disclosure... Let me tighten
0: the one. hypothetical. What if it was, the inventor said... You know, if we have a heating coil here, and we want it to be very close to the full length of the substance medium to be heated up. And uh, in my mind, it can be anything between 90% to 100% of the length in, and in whole numbers. So 90, 91, 92, et cetera, all the way up to 100. Mm-hmm. And that's what it says in the spec. Yeah. And then in the claim, it says 95 that's a problem
4: in your mind no no not at all your honor and that's really the difference here is when you have the facts like we have here where the disclosure is 75 to 125 80 to one, uh, eighty to 120 etc and going smaller and now we have this other range over here that's a very different uh, fact situation and the fact situation you just gave me just now is is there's all sorts of uh, evidence that one could that could support you know, substantialists that could support a decision that there is written description.
3: When you say it's a very different actual situation, are you implying that there's some type of difference in the invention depending on which part of the range you're in?
4: In the invention itself, no, Your Honor, but there's a difference in what the inventor possessed. As his invention, based on the four corners of the of the spe, of the uh, specification.
2: it so viewed from the perspective of a person of ordinary skill in the art, we just don't look to see, you know, whether verbatim something is contained in the specification, right? Correct, Your Honor, and and, and the best disclosure might be there's one that hasn't been mentioned, I think, by you is 75 to 100. So. 75 to 100 is disclosed as a range. I think it's in one of the earlier columns, maybe column 4 or something in a specification. So why wouldn't a person here in the here in this case think that 75 to 100 could include 85?
4: Uh, well, first, I don't want to fight Your Honor's hypothetical, but I don't think there's any disclosure of 75 to 100 of the heating number. Okay. Um, I think there is a disclosure of seventy-five to one twenty-five of the heating member, and I think there might be a disclosure of seventy-five to one hundred of the heating member when it is in a different embodiment, namely, um, namely the embodiment where the heating member is part of the where the heating member is part of the actual. Um, Here, maybe device. maybe I'm
2: reading this wrong. Um, look at column five, lines twenty to twenty-four.
4: Correct, Your Honor. And if you look at column 5, the uh, line, and you're at, uh, starting at column 11, and other embodiments, the heating member can be a component of part of the cartridge. So that's a completely different embodiment. We're in an embodiment where the heating member is something that is inserted into the cartridge. So yes, when the, when the heating member is part of the component car- cartridge, it can be in that 75 to 100%. And that's why that range was not before the board. The only ranges that were before the board were in the paragraph before that, that starts back on column four, 75 to one twenty-five percent, where the cartridge is inserted uh, into the receiving chamber, and that allows the heating member to be, uh, and you know, in effect, be inserted into the uh, the device, and then. Do a port- you
2: have any evidence that i realize realized there's a lot of different subranges claimed? Do you have any evidence that there's differences in performance or advantages, or that it operates better, or anything? Um,
4: given the different, under those different (coughs) interests. Uh, No, Your Honor, that issue didn't come up, and as uh, as my friend noted, he didn't know of any, we don't know of any, but we're not in a position here where we're in the obviousness, anticipation, or in the obviousness... So so we are
0: living in a Wertheim world, right?
4: We are, Your Honor,
0: and... And Wertheim says, basically, the burden is on you to prove the lack of written description, and part of that burden is to explain and identify what is perhaps unique in performance or results of the claimed sub-range compared to um, what was described in the broader range in the application. I mean, that's, that seems to be straight out of what BoardLine is calling for, and I don't think that was the way you structured your written description argument here. I,
4: I, with I don't think that's quite exactly right, Your Honor, and here's why. In the petition, we explain that the only relevant disclosures for the heating member, in the in the embodiment where the heating member is is inserted or the cartridge is inserted over the heating member, all of the ranges go over, straddle one hundred percent, and that was the invention. It is about one. It is about one hundred percent with this factor on both sides. And in reply, or pardon me, in response. Uh, Reynolds came back and said, Well, there's 85% as a lower value. So, when we explain in the petition, as Dr. Deeby explained, one of Skill in the Art would understand that there's no disclosure. Any point he discussed, um, this is at uh, Appendix 26, uh, 26001. That, this argument, though, forces us into
0: an ipsis verbis. Kind of world where you have to actually say the magic numbers that you're claiming in your specification, and we've already rejected that idea. I
4: don't. I don't think that's what the board did, and I don't think it's there. The board looked in, at the evidence that was before the board, and if you're and, and I'll go back. All Reynolds put forward and forward the board. We we explained you had all these all these ranges surrounded by 100, and then Reynolds came back and said, "Well, 85 is the starting point."
2: Is there anything that shows that?
4: 100 is important you
2: know what i mean i i, I don't see anything in the specification that talks about the significance of the ability to go beyond the length of the tobacco
4: well as as dr dv explained in his testimony which we cited in our petition um and that's you know at the um the petition is pages 8 148 through 8 151 and the um and Dr. D's testimony is also cited there and the board cited it too. Uh, a appendix two six six zero and to twenty six sixty one uh th- explained that one of skill in the art would understand from this disclosure of these ranges all hovering around hundred, that it fills that it, the idea of this bulk heating and he compares it to segmented heating. You had segmented heating where you do yeah, small it's like parts. Five to
2: 50%. E- exactly.
4: And then you had these big ones that do about all of it, and each one it gave you this range. And I he didn't need to go any further, but you could think of, you know, I would hypothesize the idea is that it's called bulk heating because you're heating the bulk. Seventy-five to eighty-five percent is way off on the left end. There's nothing there. But it, uh, technically,
0: the inventor didn't say seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five. That means you can have one coil that's one hundred and twenty-five percent, and that meets the. What was contemplated? You could likewise have a
4: coil that's 75 percent, and that would likewise meet what was contemplated in the spec. I, I agree with you, Your Honor, for infringement, for anticipation, and for obviousness. But for written description, as this court explained in VASCAT, it's a different analysis. And this court has never had, never held, that the 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 the, the uh, full range is all you need. If that was all that you needed, then we wouldn't have had, as we had in every single case that goes. What about Wertheimer? though? Yeah. No, w- Wertheimer, Your Honor, the range was twenty five to sixty percent and they cut it short at they cut the range, they moved the twenty five, this was disclosed range twenty five to sixty. They have we had an experimental value of thirty-six percent, and which is about thirty-five, so they said thirty five to twenty.
0: I didn't yeah. see the I'm sorry, but I didn't see the analysis in WordTime rely on that experimental number of thirty six percent. The analysis seemed to be is this 35 to 60 part of the wartime invention, or is he claiming a different invention than what he contemplated in his spec? And this sub-range of 35 to 60, the court concluded, is part of applicant's invention, which was anything 25 to 60. And there's no evidence in record that suggests that the claimed range is somehow performing differently or uh, reaching different results than the... More broad disclosure. I mean, that, that just seemed to be, I and mean, the burden's on the PTO, and the PTO didn't meet its burden. That seems to be kind of an open and shut analysis. I, I don't,
4: I don't quite read it that way, Your Honor. I think if you go to Wertheim, um, it's page 264, right before the end of page 265, where they start talking about the claims. They say it claims a solid range of 35 to 60. which which is within within 25 to 60, but then they go on and they say that what those with skill in the art would expect from 34 and 35 are different, and that's that's hearkening back to the earlier point that there was a 36 percent disclosure, and that disclosure that they're analyzing there is on page 262. The disclosure is uh, until a concentration of 25 to 60 percent solid matter is reached, Examples in each disclosure uh, of specific embodiments having solid contents of 36 and 50. So I think that's the only way to read this. And this court has never held that a broad disclosure is sufficient written description support. And, in fact, every single case that we have where we've cut the the range short, every single case that we have, there's always been a specific example.
3: Do you think it depends on the field of the invention? Like, is it different for a mechanical field versus, like, a chemical field? Like in terms of how it comes out on unwritten?
4: I, I think that it will necessarily be part of a person-ordinary skill in the arts analysis, Your Honor, and that's what we have here. We have Dr. Doctor Devey's testimony stating "One a skill in the art would not look at the beginning of the range as 85% because that's what my friend pointed to. He said the beginning of the 85% range was enough to shut down the 75%.
2: Can I ask you a related question? I mean, similar to Judge Cunningham's question, we do obviously have to look also at what's being measured, right? And the implications of it. And here, it's it's the length. It's the length of something. And, and how Correctly. does that play into it? I mean, I would think that in many circumstances, you know, length of a uh, of an element where there's no disclosure or understanding of how that length cherries, changes how the invention works. That's something that we'd have to take into account as well in the fact-finding.
4: Well, I think the person, the the the, uh, the of how a person, uh, ordinary skill in art would look at it, Your Honor, would take that into account, and that's what we have here with Dr. Devi's testimony. He explains that all of the all of the relevant ranges are straddled on one hundred percent. They all, and that one of skill in art would not think that the in, the inventor was in possession of the narrow range, seventy-five to eighty-five percent. That's, that's what we have in the record, and that's the substantial evidence to support affirmative on it. And the other point I want to keep making is in every single case where we've cut short a disclosed range, there's always been a discrete example or an um, a, a experimental example. So when you take even the cases that are best for Reynolds, say now Nal- Propion, I mean, that case in, in essence just said, look, you have these two tablets. They have their dissolution rates, and it gave you the lowest one to the highest one, and that's how they did it.
0: Are you familiar with application of laser? laser CCPA case from 1977?
4: Uh, um, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I don't I don't recall it being cited.
0: Okay, yeah, it, it wasn't cited. But it, it's similar to the facts of you Can you speak on... Uh, one three, the one, the Robinson Grind combination. Uh, I'll give you just two minutes, and then we've got to move back to.
4: Yeah, yes, Your Honor. I, uh, two points. One is, I think, Your Honor, we're right. We don't need the express invitation in the primary reference. The board uh, seemed to rely on pretty heavily on it. They did rely on it pretty heavily, Your Honor. But I do want to make the point here that this is very different than what the ITC saw. The at the uh at what the board looked at was not just that column twenty-eight. Analysis, but also the column 27 analysis right before it in Robinson, where uh, Robinson explains that um, that uh, one a skill in the art would understand you could change the shape of the and size of the heating element, including elongating it so that it could pierce into the tobacco. And every time the board talked about the design choice, it also had that quote. And as we and as we explained in the petition and in Dr. Devi's testimony, that was crucial because there was no disclosure in the Pat and Robinson how to make a a heating element strong enough to pierce into the tobacco and the board noted in its decision on page um, I think it was at page 829 that the uh, only uh, part uh, pardon me pages 827 to 820 uh, appendix 28 that the only disclosed materials were yarn and metallic cloth. So Dr. D.B. explained, well, one of skill in the art would have to look elsewhere in order to fashion an appropriate heating element. So the board, um, every time it discussed the design choice, first, not every time, at least twice on page A-28 and once when recounting our arguments, first relied on the can-be-altered language and then relied on the design choice. The second issue is that we had two different... Issues, one one before the ITC and one before the board. As my friend noted, in the ITC, the uh, issue was would it have been obvious to modify Morgan, Morgan having a uh, circumferential placed heaters, and move them to the place of Robinson? And so the issue was, and, and I think this is the court's exact language on page 1346 of that ITC decision. Quote, the Commission explained that the 123 patents disclosure did not support Philip Morse's assertion that heating element placements was a simple design choice or that there was a finite or n- uh, number of known solutions for such placements end quote. And so the issue there is whether or not the placement was a simple design choice. So between those two things I think we have a very different very different issues before this court in the ITC case than we did before the PTap. I see my time is more than up, Your Honor. Thank you very much, and uh, should be, we, re- we ask the court affirm or, if not, uh, vacate and remand.
0: Okay, thank you, Mr. Strang. Right? Yes, Mr. Chairman. Okay. Uh, give Mr. Kusanyi three minutes. Three.
1: Thank you, Your Honor. Um, just Jen, we are in a world. It required them to present, quote, sufficient reason to doubt that the broader described range also describes the somewhat narrower claimed range. All they have is, a, is lawyer argument. There's nothing that they pointed to in the record. We certainly haven't been able to find anything in the record that suggests that this is a different invention that we've claimed. Do what you agree set forth. that
0: uh, the references in the spec of 75 to 100, 90 to 100 aren't really relevant here? If because that's really going to a different embodiment than the one that's claimed here.
1: No, I don't. I don't think that's entirely right here. With regard to those, uh, those various embodiments here, they're all they're all talking about the types of heating that can go on here. The uh, 75 to 100 percent range has to do with a, a further embodiment of bulk heating, um, and that's that's claimed in the set order claimed. Excuse me, uh, described as 75 to 100 percent of the specification. There are further embodiments where it's about 80 to about 100%, about 90 to about 100%, about 95% to about 100%. And of course, in the area where we have pointed out the broad range of 75 to 125%, there are other narrower ranges as well, starting at about 80, about 85, and about 90, so and then coming down.
2: That embodiment you were talking about with the 75 to 100, that would fall within the scope of claim one.
1: I think it would, and even if it wouldn't fall within the scope of claim one, it certainly is a teaching that helps understand the notion of you know, heater length vis-a-vis uh, the combustible or potentially combustible material length. Um, I think I, I thought I heard my friend misspeak in citing to you pages A twenty-six sixty to sixty-one. I thought I heard him say, and I could be wrong here, so I'm not casting aspersions, but I thought I heard him say that that was the board talking, that was actually their expert, uh, DB, but that, uh, language was not, uh, embraced by the board in this case. Um, the cases that deal with ranges don't require, uh, in any way, nor can they be, can that requirement be teased out that in addition to a range, you have to have a single specific example. And in fact, that wouldn't make much sense when you're talking about the disclosure of a particular range. Finally, with regard to Robinson, uh, Robinson spec says what it says. And this court has said that it has upheld the commission's determination that that's a reference to varying the parts of Robinson that are intrinsic, uh, that deal with Ohm's law. Uh, It does not, however, constitute an invitation to go find another heater somewhere else because the person's ordinary skill might want something else. Last point, um, there was 28-day practice in this case. Uh, My uh, friends filed a letter right before our reply brief was due uh, arguing that this case could be affirmed on the known technique theory. I didn't hear that from them today, so we'll rest on the uh, reply brief where we answer that. Okay. Once the court has further questions, thank you for uh your indulgence and your uh uh (laughs) stamina is the right is the right term. The court thanks the
0: attorneys in these appeals, uh, the case is submitted.